Welcome to the Genius of Liberty, stories that celebrate the crucial but forgotten role Ohio played in the fight for women's right to vote. I'm Hillary Copsey, your host. The Marriage Under Protest of Lucy Stone After more than a year of long-distance wooing, Mercantile Library member Henry Blackwell finally persuaded Lucy Stone to wed. For Henry B. Blackwell, called Harry by friends and family, it had been love at first sight when Lucy Stone stepped inside Coombs, Ryland, and Blackwell's hardware on Main Street in Cincinnati to cash a check. Barely convalescent and worn with grief, Lucy was traveling from Indiana where she had been unable to save her brother from typhoid and had contracted the illness herself. Though thin and pale, Harry saw something beautiful in her expression and wonderfully eloquent in her voice and manner. Three years would pass before Harry would see Lucy again when he heard her speak against slavery at meetings in New York and Boston in 1853. With a formal introduction from William Lloyd Garrison, Harry visited Lucy at her family's home in West Brookfield, Massachusetts, and after they parted company began his courtship with the first of many long and heartfelt letters. Although Lucy was glad to welcome Harry to the rank of a friend, she also clearly expressed her desire to preserve her independence. No matter how many times Harry described how different their bond might be, Lucy held fast to her convictions. Let me thank you for having given me your beautiful idea of marriage, she wrote, but it would be wrong for me to allow you to suppose that I expect a time will ever come when I shall feel released from the obligation to pursue my present course of life. The objects I seek to accomplish will not be attained until long after my body has gone to ashes. While so few can, or are willing, to give themselves wholly to the work, the world so imperatively needs that those who can do so should not falter. Lucy's resolve softened in September 1854 after hearing of Harry's role in freeing a young girl who was passing through Ohio with her slaveholders, demonstrating to Lucy that Harry had the ability to sacrifice all that must be sacrificed and to accept the consequences of acting upon his beliefs. I felt nearer to you then, dear Harry, than I ever did before, and if you had been indeed my husband, I would have gathered you to my heart of hearts, sure that such high heroism might be trusted to the utmost, and it trembled in my heart and on my pen to tell you so. A month later the two met in Pittsburgh and agreed to marry, though Lucy remained deeply conflicted. The day is not set, wrote Lucy to her dear friend, Reverend Antoinette Brown. If the ceremony is in New York, we want you to harden your heart enough to help in so cruel an operation as putting Lucy Stone to death. I expect, however, to go to Cincinnati and have the ruin completed there. Debilitated by her anxieties, Lucy was unable to travel, so ultimately Harry went to Massachusetts for the wedding on May 1, 1855. Afterward, officiant Reverend T.W. Higginson sent an announcement to the papers along with a statement the couple had penned protesting marriage laws. 
Lucy and Henry would not voluntarily obey laws that refused to recognize the wife as an independent, rational being, while they confer upon the husband an injurious and natural superiority. The only omission, critics contended, was that the protest included no provision that Mr. Blackwell shall make his share of the baby clothes. Thank you for listening to The Genius of Liberty. This series is named after The Genius of Liberty, one of the first U.S. periodicals published by a woman. Elizabeth A. Aldrich covered women's rights conventions and advocated equal access to education, equal pay for equal work, and voting rights for women. She also had ties to the Mercantile Library. You can subscribe to this podcast through Apple Podcasts and find all of our episodes on soundcloud.com slash thegeniusofliberty. Our theme music is Battle Hymn of the Republic Medley by Marissa Anderson, originally recorded live on WFMU and used with permission. Catherine Dirac writes and voices all the Genius of Liberty stories, and Chris Messick records and produces the series, which comes to you from Cincinnati's Mercantile Library. Since 1835, you belong here. Thank you.